This is a podcast from the Movie Pod Squad Network. For more shows like this, visit moviepodsquad.com. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. No expense. Dodson! Dodson! We've got Dodson here! It's... it's a dinosaur. Uh Life, uh, finds a way. Didn't slap it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You're gonna sell it. Well... Hold on to your butts. Now, eventually, you do plan to have dinosaurs on your, on your dinosaur tour, right? That is one big pile of shit. Uh-uh-uh. You didn't say the magic word. Please! Uh-uh-uh. God damn it! Yeah, yeah, but John, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. Clever girl. After careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. Welcome to Movie Cocktail Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your other host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Now this is going to be our retrospective series. Uh, We're going to do one of these once a month. And joining us are two other hosts. So we're going to start off with Mark, former co-host of Movie Cocktail Podcast, back in the day. What's up, man? What's up? And I guess current co-host again. Current co-host again. Yeah, that's right. You got rehired. <laughs> oh, is that is that what happened? Okay. Yeah. Your paychecks, um, you know. Yeah, what am I? Never happened. Okay. <laughs> no, that's what I thought. Yeah. Turns yeah. out podcasting, not profitable. No. But can be all. fun. Can be fun. Fun, yes. And then we have another host. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Rob. Yeah, my name's Rob from the Fan Film Boys. Rob has his own podcast. Fantastic podcast. It's also part of Movie Pod Squad. Uh, he goes out there, watches fan films, and then talks about them, and occasionally gets some of the creators on for interviews, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very exciting. All right. So tonight, we put a poll up on Twitter on the Super Movie Pod, Twitter for Super Movie Bros. We put up four different movies to find out which movie we were going to be talking about. So we put up Independence Day, The Mummy. We also put up Jurassic Park, and you know what? Fuck it. I can't remember the last one. Who gives a shit? Because <laughs> Jurassic Park won. And that's, yeah. the, that's I, I mean, I, I really wanted Independence Day to win because this is probably going to be released right in the first week of July. So that's a nice, like, 4th of July film that we get to talk about. Yeah. And I got the, I would have gotten to make an awesome 4th of July cocktail. I was going to put a sparkler, watch all you guys burn your faces. I just drank it. But then Jurassic Park won. And I wasn't sad. I was happy. I was elated. Because as we were just watching it before we started recording, I remembered, like, everything about this film that, like, I, I loved. Like, I this film was, like, imprinted on my brain like i i can literally watch it and say every single line i know everything before it's going to happen and it's like it's like coming home <laughs> every time you watch it 
And it's still exciting, and it still holds up. And I think, you know, obviously the CGI was seamless back then, and, you know, to this day, it still kind of holds up because it has a great balance of practical effects and CGI work and, and um, animatronic. And um, it's a lot of fun. I, I really, really enjoyed it. We actually, in pre-production, we're watching a little bit of a rough cut of Jurassic Park. It looks kind of like a VHS recording, which was a lot of fun. but definitely one of my favorites i still remember seeing this in the movie theater and just having that great balance of fear and excitement and mystery and just you know so many different kind of emotions throughout this whole film you know especially in that age when we were younger that you we were ripe <laughs> during that time period you know 93 i mean i was sound like a child molester we were th- I we were a, ripe i think i was like <laughs> Third grade, you know, something we were, like that. We so. were ripe. Ready and waiting. <laughs> I, I remember playing Jurassic Park at the playground. There was that guy that always said, you want to play Dilophosaurus? And he's to open, open his trench coat, and he used to spit things all over me. <laughs> and he went too far. And the, the, the visuals just too much right there. Jay running around. Yeah! <laughs> 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 Oh man! So, do you guys have any fond memories of it, Mark? Oh, so many. It's uh, yeah, like you said. I know every. I know every sound in that. That's movie. true. It's much true. like uh, there's a lot of movies like that, but like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like uh, movies like that. Just every single sound. We yeah. did a we did a live show of Who Framed Roger uh, Rabbit at Broken Goblet, and we yeah. talked about the swinging lamp. Yes, that 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 became a thing at, at Disney after mm-hmm. the, you know Disney animators said, you know what. This is good, but you didn't make the lamp swing. Right. Make the lamp swing. Exactly. Like that's like it's exactly. like the high bar for animation. I, I would Just say little like, little touches like that. Yeah, it's... I would say like this is the high bar for sound. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, who would I have, mean, who would have thought mixing a dog, a bear, a penguin, and an elephant, <laughs> elephant together? <yep. laughs> I mean, it's the thing. Like it was so creative with you know the way they did the action, the way they, you know, like even the you know the scene um, you know with Nedry. Nedry gets it, um, you know the way the the dinosaur slinks through the the grass, like the POV from that, you know, from that perspective, like even just little things like that, mixing it up with the animatronics and the, it's very you know, juxtaposed to the POV we got of Jay as a child with a stranger spitting. Yeah, on him. <laughs> a little bit different, but yeah, just clever use of of uh, you know film filmmaking techniques because it's fucking Spielberg. <laughs> now, Rob, what about you? We we got to enjoy this film, you know, in the United States. I don't. I am so unfamiliar with right. the way we're, movies we're come out. We're going to get electricity one day. <laughs> <laughs> with how films are released in Australia. You grew up in Australia, so yeah. like, you know, this was released in summer of 92, 93 here? 93, I believe. Yeah. 93. Yeah, um growing up in Australia, obviously very similar to to growing up here, uh except it was always kind of about a couple of months behind. Okay. So, if something was released here in the States, uh unlike now where they do a worldwide release of it, uh it's almost always uh, released or back then from what I remember it's always released a little bit behind so it used to be a thing that if you ever knew anybody going to the United States you'd ask them to get you a VHS of a movie that hadn't even been released right. yet and that Australia. was before region locking exactly. like they did with DVDs so it was, sometimes it was, some movies were never ever released exactly, in Australia exactly if they didn't do well here they never even released them over there just because that's what they that they used to do so right. that's one of the things that I always remember about it I did see this in the theater um I remember sitting there with my family. Um, I, I believe it was even opening night. Um, I used to live in a place called Townsville at the time. It was a very rural kind of uh, bushy kind of place. It did have only one theater, and it was obviously packed out for that night during the uh, opening of it. But it was a, a pretty good experience. I, I know I went and saw the next one too at the same theater awesome. when it came out. So 
Um, but yeah, that's that's my childhood memory of it is that we always ask somebody to, it was shoes and movies. Whenever, <laughs> whenever anybody came to the US, those were the two things we always asked for. Just recently, uh, we got John Wick back in, what was that? No, February, November. Yes. We got a while back. It just came out several weeks ago in Australia. Yeah. So mm. you got to see it long before family members in Australia got to see it. Are there yep. movie fans back at home and stuff like that? I think you mentioned your brother before. My um, my brother's uh, he he um, edits and he does do a lot of his own films and stuff like that. He is the editor of my podcast. Um, he's not really into watching movies. He's more into trying to make them himself. So uh, he's not really into that sort of thing. Interesting. But, but in this day and age, I mean, in the day of the internet, I, I remember a couple of years ago myself... Uh, and it was just at the height of the internet just starting with the whole Simpsons and uh, who shot... Um, Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. And because we were so far behind in the episodes back home in Australia... You don't need to worry it, about spoilers. We can no, all say it with I Maggie. know, yeah. <laughs> what? But, but, but it took forever for us to get that information over in Australia because we were that far behind. Oh but it God. was always it was burnt for us because we were that far behind. So we, we knew who it was before the show... Before that actually episode even came on, because Son of, of a that. bitch. So, how did you guys ever watch the X Files? <laughs> <laughs> the smoking man's coming up this season. He's going to be in three episodes. I can't wait. Uh, but that's that's awesome. But you're talking pre-internet days where, like, yeah. you know, things just don't don't come around as quickly. You know, so that and you guys had like dinosaurs in your backyard, saltwater crocs, monitor lizards, drop well, bears. Exactly. <laughs> Why Jurassic Park rang true? Where I was, Townsville, uh, very much a saltwater crocodile kind of a place. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, I actually fell down a YouTube hole last night. I had to ask uh, my my friend uh, Fuzzy D from Who Spiked the Puns and and Paul, who lives in Perth. He does the uh, the countdown pod. I had to ask, like, is it is it nationalist of me if like I, I fell down a a Steve Irwin like YouTube rabbit hole last night, and they're like, "No, we love him." And yeah, I was like, "Oh, thank God!" I was like, "I, I, I was he's afraid." National treasure. Yeah, I was afraid that he was a poor representation, oh, like no. Paul Hogan was. No, Paul Hogan was definitely different. Um, he was a poacher. You know what? We we did embrace him at the time, yeah. And then he just fell out of favor himself when uh, when all of his when the third movie came out. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I think I think he actually even fell out of favor when the first movie came out because of how he he was a he was a family guy. Yeah. You know, we're getting totally off topic here, but he was a family That's guy. Okay. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, he fell for his, his younger actress, girlfriend, whatever, in the, the movie. And uh, she, you know, ended up getting married and he ended up dumping his wife and everything like that. And the, I think the public in Australia just turned away from him because Son of that. Son of a bitch. And then everyone- Fuck you, Paul Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Collectively, everyone went to his house and it's just like, you want to see a knife? <laughs> you, you will oh, not- Here in Australia, we are mortals, mate. <laughs> you will not believe, even to this day, I hear at least maybe once a day, at least somebody say something about, you want to see a knife? <laughs> or something about throwing shrimp on a barbie oh that's a terrible uh-huh. one and, i would never use you know, that <laughs> just something like that or or uh you know they even try to try to say that they know where i'm from um I, I work in a call center myself and so my favorite line is when somebody tries to guess and they say oh what part of england are you from and i'll say <laughs> oh the australian part motherfucker exactly so. i mostly just think of the, the toilet running backwards like the simpsons episode uh not true. True. not true not true damn it yeah it's all i know about Australia. sorry to burst your bubble right there so the reason we're getting this out and of we the don't way. ride kangaroos <laughs> no. oh yeah sorry it's emus i mean clearly yeah and it's called an emu, <laughs> emu. Yeah. Bubbles over here. so so we're getting this all out of the way because it's the first episode this is the only time we're ever going to do this do what? Just talk about Australia. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I mean, I was playing with fucking rabbits the whole time. Man. Yeah, that's right. This right. this man grew up fighting spiders like for a living. They're they're the size of men there. Spiders. <laughs> now I want to hear about the that. Small, Right. Eight-Legged Freaks is actually an autobiography. Oh. Uh, I mean, lived in Australia. All right, so we got far off topic from, from Jurassic Park. But coming back around, let's, let's get into part of the fun of doing this show. The reason it's called Movie Cocktail is because we make a themed cocktail to go with the film. So I selected the four films this time. I selected the uh, 90s action-adventure genre this time. So I, I got to make the cocktail. So Jurassic Park 1. I had some difficulty making this cocktail. At first, I wanted to make one that was called the the Clever Girl. I looked it up online. That one was already made. Far too difficult for me to make. It involved, like, muddling cherries and shit like that. Too clever. <laughs> Far too clever for a simple man of mine. Sorry mind. for the accent. <laughs> it was terrible. So. Yeah, but that was a Muldoon. That, that was more of a Muldoon, yeah. yeah. It was a Muldoon South yeah. African accent. Yes, nothing personal. <laughs> He's going to punch you. I know. I'm just with Don't worry. I get everything. South African, English. It's all the same. Uh, you Irish. sound nothing like Leonardo DiCaprio. You want to put diamond? Anyway. So uh, I decided to come up with my own cocktail this time. Sometimes I will take iterations of regular cocktails and then make them my own. But this one is is just kind of out there. So. It's called. What the, it really comes down to it. We want to like what we're making and yeah, drinking. exactly. <laughs> you know? Got to drink it. Yeah. So, so, so here's the. Thing. I wanted tropical flavors because it's Jurassic Park, right? Tropical. Sure. Yeah. So I decided, what's more tropical than Hawaiian punch? <laughs> so, Good call. So, uh, what it is is it's called the Mimosa Raptor. So the Mimosa Raptor is one cup of sparkling white wine, one cup of. Green Berry Rush Hawaiian Punch. Now, I understand you can actually probably substitute any green drink in here. You could use the V8 Mango Splash. You can do or, or Kiwi Splash. You can probably do Ecto Cooler if you wanted to, to, to mix it in there. As long as it's green, because that's what winds up giving it that green color. And then you put them into a shaker over ice. You drop in an ounce and a half of Bacardi 151. So it's got a little bit of balls to it, too. And then you shake it up, you pour it into into the glass of your choice over ice, and then you drizzle grenadine over top of it. So the whole marriage is that it's it's a mimosa, but it has a tropical feeling, Hawaiian punch, because Jurassic Park was filmed in Hawaii. It's got the bite of a raptor because it's got Picardi 151, and then obviously grenadine for blood, kind of like a shark bite. Then you guys are drinking it. What do you guys all think about it? I think it's very refreshing. No, I love it. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think it's... Uh... Couldn't drink a lot of it. No, it's you know, too I've, sweet, right? It is very sweet. Yeah, I'm having a beer but, uh, after this. <laughs> no, yeah. But, but. Oh, no, no, I refreshing don't, on like a, I don't think... a Sunday afternoon sitting yeah. outside. Thank you. you know, just having <laughs> That's a, what I was going to say. Having a, having a drink, you know, I, you, you're going to go to beers eventually, <clears throat> but it, it starts off nice. I actually don't find it too sweet because I think it's maybe got a little bit watered down. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's the ice will water yeah. it down a little bit. So it's not too bad. But Rob, I love how you just described it the same way Jay describes every beer that is that, that is just slightly lighter than brown. It's, this is a fantastic summer afternoon beer. It is a great daytime drinking sipper. <laughs> but this is a yeah yeah this is a great little refreshing balance. Um, I was really surprised when you were describing this drink. I was fearing for something overly sweet, overly bubbly, overly nope. Fe- well, I mean female. <laughs> You know? Well, you were worried. <laughs> but this is nice. You it's were worried that, that grenadine was going to make it sweet. Grenadine's not all that sweet. Yeah? Grenadine no. has a, has has a 
uh, it, bitterness there's to a it. bitterness to it yes. that's true if well, i use simple syrup that is sweet but grenadine has a, has a little bit of bitterness to it i was actually going to drop a cherry in there too and then i was like ah fuck that yeah that would have went yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh useless, yeah. you also mark you also made kind of something for tonight or you brought something for tonight I brought something yes which is something that i've i found online it's it's called the the amber jello shot so obviously like in jurassic park all the all the mosquitoes are are kept in amber and they have to drill through it to get the dino DNA. And then they fill the code with dino the holes DNA. And dino okay, so. DNA. <laughs> so but you brought you brought some amber some amber jello shots. Well actually I brought the other jello shots. That's but... true. But I mean, it's it's pretty much the yeah. same. It's it's orange or or beige mango. You both jello. brought jello shots, which yeah. is weird. <laughs> jello shots with uh with some any alcohol you want in them. Uh, I put tequila in mine, yours was fireball. Yeah. Well, yeah. And yours is far more delicious than mine because I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get clever and put Swedish fish in mine." So it's like something trapped in the ember. Yeah, it didn't work out. Oh mm-hmm. God, no! Those Swedish fish turned—they're hard in the center and like mushy clay on the outside, yeah. with no flavor because all the flavoring came out in the actual Jello shot itself. But, uh, <laughs> a for effort, there, Dave. A for effort. <laughs> they look good. Yeah, they, they, they do look. They look, they look phenomenal. They look good. Yeah. <laughs> My wife took a bite of it and she's like, <laughs> 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 so. I was like, oh well, how's the shot itself? She goes, no, the shot's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just don't, just don't it's touch like that the worm at the, the bottom, bottom of a mezcal. Yeah, yeah. you know, never, you, never can, you can have it, but you, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> and you're probably gonna regret it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I bit into that Swedish fish with like reckless abandon. I was like, what's it? Nothing's gonna be wrong. It's just a Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna swallow it whole. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna burn coming out. That's, that's, that's what that pa- that's what that pedophile told you about the playground. <laughs> oh, good callback. Call <laughs> that's called a callback. So we're gonna take a break on that. We're gonna come back and we're just gonna talk about the film. We're just gonna spend some time gushing over it, all the things we love, favorite scenes, everything like that. So stay tuned. gentlemen now is the part where we get to talk about the movie as as a whole we talked about our memories about it we talked about the delicious cocktail that was made still very proud of myself so i'm going to keep patting myself on the back for that but we just got done watching well i mean really what we did was we watched the first really the first half and i think one of the things that i realized and it's, it's something that i might have been aware of before but then sitting there talking with you guys about it i realized that like it was 50 minutes 55 minutes in when we first saw the mm. t-rex yeah, which I was saying would never happen now. <laughs> in it doesn't. A movie. We just, <laughs> because our attention spans are so terrible. We um, we just reviewed the Mummy. Me and Jay and I was talk, telling you guys like the Mummy. Like it starts and it doesn't stop. There's right. almost no time for you to appreciate anything in the world. There's, There's no, no time. build up. Yeah, yeah, at all. There's nothing like that. Yeah, and and like this is my God. It's it halfway through the movie before you see like it before builds, you see a dinosaur. It, well. You're, you're you, bad dinosaurs right you it know. builds to that scene with the t-rex and it just like the fear that you fear that you feel it's like 
it's genuine. It's earned because you've waited so long for right. for right. something like this to happen. You know something's going to go wrong. You know, so yeah, and it I, builds to that PG thirteen for intense science fiction <laughs> terror that they give it. So, but no nudity, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but Lauren Dern, you know, she doesn't have much going on. Hey, oh, hey, hey, that's hey, terrible. Now, hey, now. Uh, Mark has a I story object. about a friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's so beautiful. My friend was quite drunk when we saw it. And, uh, a screening but anyway um yeah my friend was uh we went to a screening of it in new york re- pretty recently and uh he was quite drunk uh screaming out uh you know about laura dern she's so beautiful she's so beautiful over and over and everyone was laughing and it was a good time <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of right you know i'm, I'm a, now i'm not jealous of you seeing the film with with drunk rob mm. i'm jealous that um not not the rob in the studio yeah no, different rob. different rob uh but I, i'm not jealous of that i'm jealous of the fact that you saw it in a theater yes like i i mean um, i saw it in a theater when i was a kid but yes. obviously but Which seeing was, it now as a someone who appreciates film i mean i liked film as a kid but like i it wasn't the same way as mm-hmm. i like film now obviously so i actually got to see and i'm like looking back on it i was very fortunate i got to see jurassic park in a drive-in that's awesome which was amazing and when that scene with the t-rex when that happens it's you know, it, it's like that moment in the 1920s or, or the 1900s where people first saw like the train coming yeah, towards them, like. and you're was, like, "Oh shit, there's a dinosaur yeah. about to eat me!" And then the best part is it was a double bill with Rookie of the Year before it. So <laughs> they always did. We went from Rookie of the Year. They to, always did that. Like yeah. I saw, um, yeah, I saw Water one first. Yeah, I saw <laughs> so Waterworld. I mean, I enjoyed Rookie of the Year, but you know, different kind of. I saw Waterworld with I think with Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that's so it's always oh, like wow. a bad and a yeah, good. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, all right, now stick around for the, the real movie. You know? Yeah, and I remember. We still do was... that today as well. Um, I know there's a uh, a movie theater. There's only one in Jersey, I think. It's down in close to Vineland or mm-hmm. something like that uh, called the Delcy uh, Drive-In. And it's the same thing. They'll put on two movies, but the first one's always one that's right. been out for a little while. And the second one is the one yeah. that's only, been, only just released. So yeah. you stick around, you buy your... Whatever you want to buy, buy your there, concessions, because you know, yeah. they they search your car when you go in. Yeah, and it's like twelve o'clock by the time the good movie starts. Yeah. So you're at the concession stand buying coffee, buying yeah. soda, doing whatever you can to keep yourself yeah. awake because the good movie's about to come on. But just like being a kid and being at the drive-in with my family and and the T-Rex coming, out, I was just like, yeah, you probably went memory. to the same. One, you probably went to the same one I did in Willow Grove. Probably, yeah, I, probably, yeah, yeah, right, um, right by the airfield. Which, yeah, I mean, you know, I, there used to be a lot more of them around, but it's um, awesome. You know, just, that's a great memory that I'll, I'll always think of. So. But what, one of the things that I was, I was like, I was talking about is when we're talking about how it takes almost fifty-five minutes to halfway through yeah. the movie for the T-Rex to show up. Right. The way we're introduced to Jurassic Park is the same way our main characters are introduced to it. The main characters that you know they're on that. They're on that large plane, mm-hmm. and they're seeing all the herbivores walking around, and they're and they're looking at the, at the uh, Brachiosaurus, yeah. and it's just at sheer size. There's and they and they do that undershot, that that shot of like Alan and mm-hmm. uh, of Alan Grant and uh, Ellie looking up, and it looks so massive, and like no one had ever seen anything yeah. like that on, on on screen before. You know, it makes you go wow. And your a, main characters are like wow. There's a wonderment to it, yeah, which. I mean, part of it is because CGI was newer than, yeah. and, you know, when you did see, like, a full dinosaur like that for the first time, it was, you know, jaw-dropping in a way. Yeah. And it still kind of is, just the way that they, they set up the scene and, and the way it all plays out, um, which, you know, now it's like we're so used to seeing so much CGI just, like, thrown across the screen in every situation. Right. That, 
you know, we don't have that same feeling anymore. I mean, you talked about well, but before recording that this film had a 70-30 blend. 70% yeah. practical effects, right. 30% which works. CGI. Which so works. Well. I think that's like the perfect formula that, yeah. you, that, that film should really strive for is that we obviously understand there's things that... Certain things. Yeah. yeah, that CGI can do and do better than practical effects. But like when you look at films like the 2011 Thing, that is the prequel to The Thing from... Uh, from from the eighties, the the John Carpenter classic. What made John Carpenter classic so classic was those was those practical mm-hmm. effects and how and how great they were done. And then you watch the two thousand and eleven yeah. thing and just a mess of <laughs> yeah, it's just a mess of CGI. Yeah. Well, and, how about this movie being only sixty three million dollars? You know the budget. Yeah, it's well, really impressive. I mean, I so, know back in ninety three, maybe. So here's a reason for that. Were... Um, we're getting into facts and trivia a little bit here, but ILM who did the who did the the CGI for it. All of this stuff was supposed to be practical effects and stop motion animation. ILM sent Steven Spielberg a a basically like a gif of a Gallimimus skeleton, just a skeleton running, and then they showed him what a flock of them would look like running, and he was enamored by it. And he's like, "If if you, if you can do this scene, do it." So ILM, it's, it's special effects. No one knew what to charge for it yet. No one knew oh, the, the, what okay. it cost. Right, right, right. There was no so it was bar. probably worth more, but they, right. they got it on the cheap. Yeah. Right. But ILM this million, pretty much... This movie almost made a billion dollars, so yeah. they made bank. This movie's still making money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is... Um, but the, fa- but the fact is, is that, you know, by th- they basically... ILM just basically made the best commercial they could ever make for themselves. They made a, a jaw-dropping movie that is still making billions of dollars today. And, yeah, with and, them running in the field and all the... The dinosaur. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... It's because they put work into it. I mean, you could tell there was, it was made with love and, I mean, just all the research that went into it, uh, you know, CGI and animatronics. And I agree. I think that mix should always be present in, I mean, even though it's not anymore. Yeah. I mean, but... the thing about the dinosaurs is, like, the dinosaurs are all... All the dinosaurs are anatomically correct to the science that was available mm-hmm. to them at the time. To what they believed was right. Exactly. Was correct. Exactly. And the facts they know about them are all what current science mm-hmm. was at the time. That's why it throughout the real. films, they, you know, the science changes a little bit. That's why in the third one, you know, velociraptors have feathers because, oh, guess what? Velociraptors turned out they actually had feathers. Um, you know, T-Rex's visual acuity is based on movement. That's something that they, that they hypothesize based off of vultures. Which uh, I guess I don't know if that's true about vultures or not. Um, Even if it was wrong, the attention to detail, right? But the fact that, <laughs> the but fact that you and I believe, the time, yeah. yeah. The I fact mean, that's that it the was, thing. you yeah. could watch it and you didn't know that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the the first thing you see with that T Rex comes out is that you know you you got to stop moving because they right. it's based on movement. Yeah. Right. Nobody cared that that wasn't right <laughs> to this day. To this day, <laughs> no. But I I still don't care that it that wasn't right. Logic. It was still amazing. Right. If but, I'm if I'm in Costa Rica, I'm in the jungle and I see a T Rex, I'm freezing. I'm freezing. Yeah. What's that first dinosaur that they come across? And you know he's laying on the belly. He's listening to a breathe. That's a triceratops. Okay, thank you. It means three horned lizard. I think that was really smart for them to kind of open. Our first really opportunity to really kind of like marinate into yeah. seeing up close and personal a dinosaur and just kind of hearing the sound, seeing the large mound of poop, just kind of like <laughs> all those little details poop. and well, the horns. And well, later on, John Hammond the says the tongue, it. you know, John Hammond says, you know, you know, his first his first thing was a flea circus and it was all animatronics. It was all fake. There were no fleas. And kids would say, I could see the fleas. Can't you see the fleas, mommy? I want to see the fleas. And, you know, in, in really, you know, what, what he's describing is he wanted to make something that was real, something that people could. Could, could touch. I think that was a really smart way to open it up right. because and now see, every dinosaur in that world 
world feels more real because that first Exa- one we saw was just was right, so right. Tangible, it was so yeah. big, and they were so far away from yeah. the Brachiosaurus. You know, it was and it, it was larger in life, and it, it's almost like Alan Grant really didn't believe what was going on until the second his ear is pressed up against the chest of that Triceratops, and it's rising, and it's all real to him, and mm-hmm. and suddenly, you know. For this guy who really dislikes kids, you see you see a, a look of childhood wonderment on yeah, his face. Yeah, definitely. And well, and he's completely in awe. It's like you said, like w- along with the characters, we're brought into this world. Yeah. We're gradually brought in, right. and that makes a difference for the right. You know, and the only one who has any sense is Ian Malcolm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things. We, we I, I know in Australia, and I'm pretty sure everywhere else. As a kid, you grow up loving dinosaurs. That's right. It's and it's you have dinosaur books. Even even to this day, my son who's four years old, turning turning five uh, this month, in fact, he loves dinosaurs. I, I haven't yet shown him Jurassic Park yet because I don't know if he would handle it If quite he's four, yet. yeah, it might yeah. be tough but to see Gennaro time, get ripped he, in half. Yeah, so <laughs> he loves dinosaurs. Daddy's that you man know, pooping? It's, it's one of those things. And, yeah, that's what you took away from that? to see them actually up there on that big screen, see them moving around, see them lifelike, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things going from being a child to... To seeing it, you think, "Wow, that they really were real." They, you know, it's not something you're just seeing in a book it's anymore. True. You know, yeah. Take sure. him to the Philadelphia Natural uh, Academy of Natural Sciences first. See how he does with a. Uh, I'm and really. You can show him the blood sucking lawyer getting <laughs> getting eaten by T Rex. <laughs> but I mean, I'm really like disappointed because recently Jurassic World, all the animatronic stuff, it came to Franklin Institute. Me and my wife, we really wanted to take my daughter. Um, I didn't show her Jurassic Park. But I showed her pictures of of what was going to be going on there, like you know, because I mean there is a, a small exhibit where Velociraptors follow your kid around and stuff like that. Um, that's amazing. I showed right, it would have been, but I showed her and and she, I was like, "Do you want to go see that?" And she goes, "No, that's scary." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, you're two, <laughs> so two, maybe, yeah, I think that's, maybe that is." Yeah. Uh, the downside is it'll never come around here again. It's probably like yeah. the only time they'll ever do it, but. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really remiss that I did I didn't get to take her there. That I didn't get to do that because I mean, honestly, I'm a big kid. I wanted to do it, but the Franklin Institute it's really geared towards kids. So oh, yeah. for two adults to go walking in there holding hands and like you would have loved it, Dave. No, I I disagree on that one. You could you could beat two adults going into the Franklin Institute. <laughs> I, I I did. I went and saw the Star Wars ex- exhibition there. I went there, and... but that was a little different. That was more like a Smithsonian exhibit. True, You're seeing yeah. a lot of things, a lot of memorabilia behind glass and stuff like that. You're not seeing, you know, you're not seeing like live animatronics these are all like please touch these are all like in a you know interactive things and stuff like that i i would have went there and i would have been i would have i would have face palmed a three-year-old like out of my <laughs> fucking way like i've been like the t-rex is coming the fuck out of my way <laughs> well, the velociraptors to follow me yes. <laughs> why do they always pay attention to the kids damn it i'm an adult i paid <laughs> my money's good and then so so after we're done with our with our all and our and our wonderment and stuff like that, we get to we get to the T Rex. Yes, like the first moment of oh shit terror. Like, like we just s- literally watched that scene again. And I still well, still... I made you guys wait. Where we recorded a half yeah. hour late because I made you guys wait. But it was worth it because it was like it. watching that scene again. You appreciate it all over again. Just oh my god, the way it's... it made you feel and still. Yeah. And it's weird that like it was something that that Steven Spielberg did at the last second. He added rain to that scene at the last second. Yeah, but it's odd because it. It's it, like you would think that rain really doesn't add a whole lot, but it adds everything, right? Oh, yeah. it, oh it, it really does. Yeah. It, it obscures it obscures the view of, of, of like everything. Um, it adds a level of terror with the mud like rushing into yeah. the to to the jeep to the as overturned it's overturned car, right? Yeah. As as it's yeah. overturned and stuff like that. It's like it, the whole the that whole scene. 
I mean, the way you see, uh, like you mentioned, like uh, no, Rob mentioned that there's just two adults sitting there yeah, and they're yeah. just watching these kids like <laughs> yeah. get, get crushed and no one's doing anything. Right. It's gonna be a good 20, 30 seconds that right. they're watching the T Rex push around. But the I mean, car let's face and- it, this is a day where you just saw you know real herbivoric dinosaurs and now you're seeing your first terrible lizard the king of the terrible lizards destroying a car i i, I think you gotta you let know what the, to do yeah. like you're just kind of in shock and all you gotta and then you're your kids anyway yeah exactly. <laughs> and alan grant doesn't even fucking like yeah, kids, exactly. or so he says. he says quite clearly that doesn't mm-hmm. like kids yeah but the rain does some of them smell I mean, babies smell the rain you know like there's poor visibility you know no one yeah, knows what's going I mean. on it's you know it and I think it, it does add something also because that scene is 70-30. That scene yeah. is 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 70% practical, 30% yeah. CGI. Right. So it helps obscure the CGI image a little yes. bit so that you, you're not so easily picking mm-hmm. out what parts are CGI and what right. parts aren't. Well, they used to try to hide, you know, the you know, maybe because they weren't so confident about CGI, they would try to hide it with, you know, things like smoke and water and things like that. But I do think that made it more effective in certain ways, you know, because it wasn't right out there for everyone to, you know. To scrutinize over it, exactly. So. Right, it adds a level of obscurity to right. it. Right. But then uh, once Alan Grant and Malcolm let the fear, you know, they let the fear in and then the fear goes out. Alan obviously remembers something that he knows about T-Rexes is that their visual acuity is based on move it. He gets the flare out and he throws it and, and, and Malcolm makes a terrible fucking mistake. <laughs> <laughs> now just on that, how do you think they know that? How did you think they, they know uh, that it's like so based on movement? There's crazy things that they know about about dinosaurs based on on the the shape of their skull, uh, hollows and stuff in their in their skull and stuff like that. Whether this visual acuity thing is yeah. is real or not, um, there's things that they know about vocalizations of dinosaurs based on when we saw in the third one, which is a terrible movie, but we saw in the third one the the vocal resonating chamber that yep. they can see inside the raptor skull. So they can they can figure out a lot one of the things they can they they can't figure out though is skin color you know it's yeah. you really can't tell from a skeleton what the skin color would have been what would so, so they have to go with what the foliage would would have looked like around them right. which would then make up you know because the same way an animal blends into its background in real life they would have to make assumptions which is why for years so they weren't purple right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is like for years we always thought that dinosaurs were these brown skinned things and in reality, more than likely, they were more brightly colored to blend in with with lush foliage and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And no one ever thought that dinosaurs had feathers. And it yeah. turns out that the real velociraptors, which are only three feet tall and weighed maybe 30, 40 pounds, yeah. um, were covered in feathers. Although they do talk about that connection a lot in Jurassic Park with the birds between birds, birds and right. dinosaurs. So. Right. And it's 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 you know, it's it's bones are filled with air sacs and hollows, just like a bird. And mm-hmm. even the word raptor means bird of right. prey. Um but uh, that's I just that whole scene, man, uh, where Malcolm, you know, Malcolm gets hit by the dinosaur and knocks over the bathroom. Rob brought up an yeah. interesting point. Why the fuck is that bathroom? <laughs> why, why is it right there at the T-Rex spot when you can't even supposed to get out of the cars? The only assumption I could think is that at some point they maybe expected like maybe that would be a pit stop and people can stop there. We'll feed the T-Rex a goat. People could take a yeah, piss, you know, take a piss, take some photos, take some selfies, you know, with the T-Rex take, eating take a, a goat. Take a while they feed the T-Rex. Cell phones didn't exist yet, man. Know, they were still Zach Morris phones back then, buddy. <laughs> but I mean, that's what I mean. That's the only thing I could think of. And that and where else would a lawyer go to die? Yeah. <laughs> Scared <laughs> on a toilet. <laughs> Uh, and then, I mean, really, this is where the movie that we like really remember kicks off, right? 
just want to go back a little bit. One of my favorite scenes that we didn't talk about happens before the tour happens. It's that dinner scene where mm. Jay, you know. Yeah, as I said, like, I kind of forgot about that scene. I mean, it, you know, it's just one of those things where, because you, you constantly think and remember about, like, for me, like, the rain, like, I, we were just talking about, that's imprinted in my mind. Like, that rain really had a good impact on me. But with, you don't remember Malcolm, you know, Ian Malcolm's best lines of the film? Well, I mean, as I watch it, I do. I mean, I remember, but like, it's not like I can quote it back. And you wielded it like a like I mean, a kid Lauren, who found his dad's gun. Lauren said she saw it four or five times this year. I'm like, I haven't seen this movie probably in four or five years. This is a film that's okay to be watched, uh, dude. I will. Oh, this, I, I, I will disagree, but like this summer, I, I will watch don't Jaws. Rewatch five movies six. like that anymore. I will watch Jaws five or six times this summer. I will. I mean, yeah, it's just the way, it's the way life is. Uh, it's just not me. But just over the summer. In a weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. This is it. Every weekend. <laughs> Jaws 1 and maybe sometimes I'll throw in Jaws 2. Never will I throw in the other two. But Jaws 2. I'll give that. I'll give that one a go every now and Jaws then. Jaws 3D, though. Come on. <laughs> but not in Can't 3D, right? <laughs> Jaws of Revenge where the, the shark stalks him. <laughs> and, and Michael Caine is named after a Northeast sandwich. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Hoagie. <laughs> and he's clearly a drug smuggler, right? We talked Hoagie. about this before. Yes, we did. <laughs> He's clearly a drug smuggler, <laughs> right? They don't ever bring that up, but he's a drug smuggler. I mean, yes. he he flies a small plane to and fro <laughs> islands, and uh, he he just you know don't ask about his yes. job. I mean, he just he, he delivers things to people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> drugs. It's a hobby. Yeah. Colombians come up. I take the drugs, <laughs> drop them off in Miami, and hang out in the Bahamas. But what's wrong with that? <laughs> you can't ask questions of Michael Caine. No, no. I no. mean, unless you're looking for a ruby the size of a tangerine. A tangerine. <laughs> 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 but anyway, Jay, that is one of the best lines. I mean, that, that's that's Ian Malcolm's best best part right there in the dinner scene is you know when he tells he's you know genetics is you know it you, you you've harnessed it at, you know you wield it like a kid who's found his dad's gun and and now you're gonna sell it. You've packaged it, you've patented it, you slept in a plastic lunchbox, and you're gonna sell it. Now you're gonna sell it. That's like come on, that's all what Ian Malcolm is, man. He's and everyone the 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 fun part of that 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 scene is is like. Here, John Hammond thought that everybody was going to be on his side. Like, he, here he's, he's bringing this guy. But you still feel bad for him because you understand where he was trying to come from and, like, what he was trying to achieve. I think and he's crazy. And he spent a <laughs> yeah. fortune. But I always had a soft spot for him. Like, I, you know, as, as crazy as he is, I no. still had, like, this soft spot well, for him. If the technology was I, there, anybody would yeah. do this. That's oh, my difference. God, yeah. If well, I mean, we're trying to. Sure. If you had the money and the technology was there, exactly. it's a terrible idea. But there's a terrible there, idea. But there's not gone. enough. There's not somebody enough, would do it. Desi. There's not no. enough DNA. Dave would do it. I if would he, Dave would do it, <laughs> Dave would do it. <laughs> I might have jerked off into a petri dish here and there, <laughs> trying to fill the codes. Turns out, uh, you need you know blended DNA for a, a frog, but. Um, they are trying to do it right now. There is genetic uh, companies right now that we've we found enough. There is entire – I watched an entire documentary of people in, in Russia who, who go to Siberia. They go to these old mines uh, in the permafrost. They dig – they tunnel into the permafrost, and they spray the permafrost with water, melting the permafrost, and, and mammoth bones come out. And what they do is they then take the mammoth bones. Some of them are so well-preserved that the marrow is still good inside. Then they sell it to these genetics firms for thousands of dollars, and that's how some people in Siberia are making a living. And then the the whole point is that genetics, they're trying to then impregnate an African elephant with a woolly mammoth, and hopefully we can bring back the woolly mammoth. We learn nothing from Jurassic Park. Yeah. But yeah. The, the fact is, not enough DNA evidence is left of dinosaurs to do this same yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, it was only a couple. A woolly mammoth would be kind of cool, though. It would be, right? I mean, where, where would you keep one? As though? long as it doesn't trample us, it would be good. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't pull T-Rex on us. 
But uh, so, I mean, theoretically, what they do is is possible, with the exception of how the hell do they? How do you get like the DNA from mosquitoes? Wouldn't a mosquito have dozens of different dinosaur DNA? How do you know what yeah. DNA you're actually abst- the, you know, yeah. abstracting and stuff like that? That's you, don't think, you don't think yeah, of that. It's movie magic. You don't think, you of, don't that. think of that. Yeah, exactly. You just still think, a you think wow, mosqui- that really could happen. Yeah. You think like mosquitoes. There's yeah. blood in mosquitoes. Yeah. yeah. Totally makes that sense. could happen. That's and, a thing. And they do get trapped in amber. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> All the time. Wow. This is real. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is like it's it's a little different when you read it in a book when you read like Michael Cretton's book and you, and you see it like on paper and stuff like that. You'll buy anything. But then when you're like seeing it well, on also, film that after yeah. you've seen it. Dozens of times, yeah. like we have, that's when we'll you talk start about facts. Holes. I mean, Michael Crichton throws so many facts into his books that you you really start to believe it. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that could totally yeah. happen. And, yeah, that's all. No, one hundred percent true. Yeah. And one of the things we were talking about, you know, John Hammond. You're saying like you feel bad for him. In Michael Crichton's book, he was not the good guy. He didn't yeah. make it. He was. He Tom saw was, him as as a dark as a dark Walt Disney. He saw him as like this this guy who who well, had a vision, which I can also would, see would stop at nothing, including human yeah. destruction, to get it to right. to get it you know yeah. to fruition. It made him a little bit more jovial in the movie, like a little more yeah. like, well meaning. And then even towards the second one, you know, he he becomes even he becomes, the fact that he was all dressed in white. Yeah, the whole movie. Right, he's right, always right. dressed in. That white. That was an homage to the island of Doctor Monroe. Yeah. Moreau. 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 Edit. Edit Moreau. Okay. <laughs> no, we'll leave that in there. That's yeah, okay. That's I can flub every now and then. So, I mean, all right, we're we're moving on in the film now. This is like like we said, this is where the real adventure starts, right? Now Alan is lost with the two kids. Gennaro's dead. Uh Ian Malcolm is is injured. Uh Ellie comes back with uh Muldoon, finds them, you know, f- finds the destruction that that has happened from the T Rex. They're kind of getting an idea of everything that's going on that Nedry caused all this. Uh, by shutting off the power, which is sounds terrible. Like that—that that was your only check and balance. Is is the power? If the power goes out, we're fucked. Yeah, you know, we're 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 fucked. Yeah, we're fucked. you're in Costa Rica and you're relying <laughs> on the power. I hope there's no stories I mean, <laughs> on as, an island in the middle of the what? As long as there's no typhoons. Uh, how often do typhoons strike in in Costa Rica? Uh, every every year, at least three <laughs> or four one times. Of the rainiest countries in the world. <laughs> Ah, I'm sure the power will never go out. Yeah, Yeah. Um, we generate our own power. There's a bunch of velociraptors running in hamster wheels. (laughs) (laughs) Bulletproof. So uh, that's you know that's that's where we find Muldoon. He's still. uh, I'm sorry. That's where we find Malcolm. He's still alive, and that's where we get the scene that I think is probably the most action packed for me. One of my one of my favorite scenes is the T Rex chasing down the Jeep, and Malcolm sitting in the back. You know, must go faster. Must go faster. Must go faster. And around the same time, uh, what was that Nedry? You know, he's trying to sneak out the yes, um, whatever the things are in the Barbasol can of uh, shaving cream, the embryos, and, embryos, and, embryos, and and you know, Wayne Knight. Obviously, he was probably like in the middle of Seinfeld shooting and <laughs> On took top a summer of off and shot this movie. But he had a nice little scene. You know, he he was a great little. Little little fat little shit. I mean, <laughs> just put it mildly. Just watching him like tumble down that hill, that muddy hill, was f- hilarious. To Way me. to fat shame, man. <laughs> Jeez, man. Nedley was just a guy trying to make a buck. Yeah. God, and he had to go fat shame him like that. Shut up. He lost no, weight in real life. No, he, he did, and then later, he gained it, and and then then he gained gained it back. back. <laughs> but still, he lost it. <laughs> See, it could be done. He it had can to be done. It just could be done. There's hope for any of us. He didn't like himself that way. It had to be done. Yeah. But he just wanted to show his But, but he had a nice little funny. scary scene. Like, I thought it was a nice little thing, you know, a little suspense-ridden. Um, he's a great bad guy. I mean, he's, you know. It, it was good. Movie. It was good. He's slimy. You know, yeah. he had, like, a good slimy yeah, he's a kind worm. of, yeah, wormish kind of Isn't character. Sort of the character from Seinfeld, too? Yeah. yeah. 
You know, right. that, yeah, the mailman. Yeah, of, yeah. The mailman guy, it is yeah. funny that Dodson, the guy he's talking to in that first scene with him in the movie, you know, he's that guy is the bad guy in the second book, which is really interesting. That's true. Yeah, he is. And he doesn't show up again in the movies, but, you know. No. Anyway, just Dobson. a little, little tidbit for Dobson. you. We got Dobson here. We got Dobson here. See, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> just like Wayne Knight in this movie. No one cares. <laughs> he's great. When, when he dies. Oh, he is great. Yeah. And then he dies. Yeah, uh, and, then he and it's the only action we get to see of the Dilophosaurus. I know Jay didn't want to say the word. He was afraid. Great scene, though. Great scene. <laughs> <It is. I> <laughs> we have lizards like that back home in Australia. Bearded, oh, yeah. like bearded dragon yeah, things. Like... lizards, they're called. Okay. Do they yeah, spit they... acid at you? No. Yeah, all right, well, it's... They don't spit lizards. Yeah. And, uh, you can really just and... you can really just step on them, and they're really yeah, no problems. Yeah, and they, they run away when they when they like <laughs> puff up, and then they they think they've scared you, and then they run away themselves. So, <laughs> oh, so it's yeah. like the ones in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, yeah, the little anoles. Yeah. Little reptile. And then it runs away. Um, that is that is a very cool scene. Um, and then you know, getting getting on with with Alan Grant and and Lex and Tim. How bad do you feel for Tim in this film, man? I know he gets shit. The kid is yeah. just so. So the T Rex knocks the knocks that's, the that's, car. That's a thousand years of therapy, right there. Oh my god! <laughs> like he knocks the car off off of the yeah. off of the off of the road down into the tree. You know, Alan takes Lex. They they go spelunking down down the side of the of the slow thing. moving car, yeah. which is down makes him. no sense because this is a flub in the film. The T-Rex comes from that side of the road yep. and then pushes the car off that side of the road. And then we see it's like a 90 foot, 90 degree angle sheer drop. Uh, she could, with a little arm, she could climb yeah, up Yeah, she just climbed way. up there. You ever wonder what a T-Rex's <laughs> arms are for? Spelunking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> climbing. Yeah. Rock climbing. Uh, but Tim is stuck in the car and Alan has to get him out. And that, that, that scene is like another part where it's just, you know, it's just suspense. It's just action. Yeah. It's all, no you know, dinosaur is just a car. No, it's just a race against time. But that fucking poor kid, man, he gets trapped in the car that almost falls and crushes them. Uh, he, he tries to climb a fence that he could have probably just walked through. At least him, the rest of them may have had to climb, but he could have climbed through it. Yeah, those wires are pretty far. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I and, think any of them could have climbed through it. Yeah. And then, and then he gets electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> thrilling scene though and then you know later on he gets chased by raptors and then at the very end even when the raptors are, are attacking uh he's he's hiding on the ground and the entire t-rex rib cage comes falling down and crashes around him <laughs> like that kid has six near-death experiences before this film Lots is of over therapy afterwards <laughs> but then oh we see him in the second one yeah, he's fine he seems he's like fine. he's doing yeah, fine he's doing yeah. good. he goes to a private school he's wearing yeah. a tie and everything <laughs> like he looks okay. like an upstanding <laughs> member of society and then yeah, he's he was, heavily medicated yeah <laughs> turns, into, turns into a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> the sequel they didn't they didn't make they, they, yeah the one they didn't want you to know <laughs> you know you ever seen the movie uh we got to talk about Kevin. It's it's it's. We got to talk about. Tim. Oh Jesus! <laughs> we got to talk about Tim. <laughs> he he just goes to a dark place sometimes, yeah. and uh, he's got some issues. He's got he's got problems. Yeah, yeah that, that fucking poor kid. So once they get him out of the tree, we're we are back to like a a false sense of like wonderment and mm-hmm. awe again at, at one point yeah. where you know we're finding out that these dinosaurs that we were previously told wouldn't breed are, are breeding. Mm-hmm. We're finding eggs and Malcolm was right. Life finds a way. Uh, and the herds of the Gallimimus. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. and, but what Rob was saying, like, do you think he saw us? Like yeah. we get that beautiful, like little yeah. moment in a tree big where dad joke, yeah, remember it's a Spielberg movie. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and they wake up to the veggie sources, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's also, it's also a great scene because Alan hates kids. Right. Yeah. But he, here he is with his arm around two of them. Yeah. And it's like, you're going to stay up all night? All night. Beautiful. 
Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It, it was a good. It was a good scene. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's and it was the right time for it too because you needed kind of like a breather, come down after yeah, yeah, yeah come yeah, down after all the excitement and, right. and then and suspense. After that is when we get to the Gallimimus yeah. field and the T Rex is out hunting. You know, yeah. I that scene that that scene's really really fun and that is the scene that like you just see them out in like the wild. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was probably one of the hardest for the. For the CGI animators to do, I mean, they had to. Well, did you ever see the footage of them actually acting out the the, the running? <laughs> it's it's. It, please look that up if you can. It's, did it's they amazing. get like sixty grips just? Yes, to go exactly. Run, running. I don't know if they're grips, but they're crew members. It's a bunch of nerdy crew members running through the fields like dinosaurs. It's amazing. Look it up if you can. There's a whole making of that is, back in the day. That so. is fan fucking tastic, yeah, man. It's great. I would love to see that jumping over logs and yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> in that little t-rex costume yeah. you see on youtube videos these days oh yeah you know the one that the inflatable one uh, that looks hilarious and it's right about now that we go back to the visitor center and we find out that nedry was dumb enough to shut off the the raptor cages yeah. and the raptors are loose and really i mean raptors are just kind of like we've seen bones of them but they're kind of like mythical creatures mm-hmm. in this right like Talk they're about really, them. They're really the stars of the film. I feel like. Yeah. In the way. They, I mean, they they are. And they become I mean, yeah. they become yeah. stars of of all of the films. And nobody yeah, really knew what a raptor was before yeah. the movie, too. Not really. I mean, no. I, I, again, going back childhood, you know, yeah. we all love dinosaurs. But I, I can't. Everyone knew T Rex, but I, yeah, everyone knew yeah. T Rex. But well, I, I can't I think remember ever knowing though, what a raptor like, was because they're so they're, they're so much more quicker. Well, and these they ones have a little bit more of a scary look. They somehow you don't need to say more quicker. Just say quicker. Shut up. Edit. I don't, I don't. I don't edit his flaws. Only my own. <laughs> That's why you edit it. <laughs> if he wants uh, to edit out his own flubs, he should learn to edit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that scene with the two raptors following them is, you know. That's one of the most tension filled, like in any movie and ever. So absolutely, I mean, um, but that's one of the things. Like you know, we had no clue what raptors looked like yeah. until we talk about not seeing T Rex till halfway through the movie. We don't know what raptors look yeah. like until the last. What, yeah. 30 minutes? But they allude to it before, which is great, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You, I mean, you see the bones and stuff like that, that right? That first scene and where Grant's freaking out that kid. Yeah. yeah. Making him shit his pants. <laughs> and and, and we, know, we know more about the raptors than we do about the goddamn T-Rex from the yeah, opening yeah. scenes, you know? You know, and a raptor will use this six-inch retractable claw like mm-hmm. a laser to slash you here and here. Or maybe across the belly, spilling your guts. <laughs> yeah. The important thing is, you're alive. When they start to eat you. <laughs> Which is great for any kid to hear. So maybe show a yeah. little respect. That's why so Rob's four-year-old son yeah. <laughs> has not yeah, seen that therapy. kid. <laughs> that, that kid that he was like disemboweling. And he did not right become there. Chris Pratt, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he did not become Chris Pratt. That was my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's... Uh, that, I mean, that we know a lot about them. We know we that they hunt in packs. We know that Alan Grant knew that that's when, you know, you, you see the one in front of you, but that's when the other ones come. Not from the front, but... Whoosh, from the side and the other two raptors you didn't even know were there but Muldoon who was a man who who was a a ranger in a in an African park in an African national park doesn't know that raptors hunt in packs even though he knows there's three of them even though he feeds them oh he knows on a it's daily just basis. way too late by the time he does by the time he figures it out that's unfortunate it's <laughs> <laughs> unfortunate clever for girl him. clever girl Muldoon was always my favorite character as a kid I liked Muldoon I thought oh, he yeah. was I thought oh, he was the most was cool. badass yeah. yeah I thought he was cool he had man. big guns it was great. He just didn't didn't take any crap. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, he he said what he felt, you know, and 
and just went out there and did what he needed to do. And he knew do. shit about Raptors. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. he did. I mean, he's the one that said, you know, how fast, uh, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour, and they, they can get up to 60 cheetah speed out in the open. And it's like, that's fucking scary. Yeah. You're telling me these things are, are 10 feet long, 6 feet tall. Uh, they have giant razor, mm-hmm. you know, death claws on their fucking feet. And they're fast and strong. Even the scene oh, where, he, where he feeds. And they hunting packs. And they hunt. So it's <laughs> oh, yeah. just one yeah. of them. Oh, it's not just one, right? <laughs> one, one is a problem. One of them is scary. <laughs> Three equals were fucked. The scene where he feeds. <laughs> the the raptors and the, you know we don't even see anything we don't we all, just we hear them all, all we see is bushes moving trees moving yeah. you know that's spielberg we're talking about sounds what was the jaws you know with not seeing the shark it's oh like, you mean the what argh, was the sound argh. of that like no that high pitched like a squeal, squeal yeah well, um, did, i forget what that was what that is it was i, I, knew I did it had something to do with tires squealing i know some of the sounds of like the velociraptor i read somewhere online that some of the sound of the velociraptors was actually turtles having sex Two, to- two tortoises or something like that. that I could actually sense. believe that because as we sit in a room with my turtle in it, he, he <laughs> tried to sex. he tried to bite me once and he and he like barked. It was like this high pitch like, nah! and I was yeah. like, oh yeah. god, no, no, god. yeah, kind of like cool, <laughs> cool, whatever the fuck that is. It's great though. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I could see. I mean, sound editing is one of the most fascinating things oh, yeah. in filmmaking for me. Like when I think about sound editing. The, the crazy shit that they mix together to come up with mm-hmm. some of the sounds for stuff is, is like, ridiculous. And how it works, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, it's, and it goes far deeper than, like, oh, a broken bone yeah. is breaking celery. That's fucking grade school shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it stays in your brain, like, yeah. the sounds, you know? I mean, so, like... But it's really fantastically done. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think of guys and like trial Ben... trial and error for it, too. You think it's of like, guys like... Just, uh, like, coming yeah. up, oh, look, I need the sound of a velociraptor. Here's... Two what? turtles having sex. No, <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the the trial and error of going out to find it. But even right. the T Rex, like the T Rex, has a lot of different kind of sounds, he especially when his first scene. Um, you know, him just like hunting, not knowing what's going on, him yelling, him mm-hmm. screaming. Um, you know, just his breathing. Um, him like trying to attack the kids with the glass, you know, protecting them. Like just all kinds of little nuances. Yeah. That sound is so authentic and like absolutely, you would think it would be. It Once just sounded lot, accurate. Like yeah. you were like you thought you were there. I mean, Once it was, it was so well paid, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To everything. Um, yeah. I mean, well, that's that's what old Spielberg was, right? Yeah. I mean, attention to detail. Attention to detail, and 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 it's telling important. and yeah. telling a a fantastic story. You know, I mean, like the rippling of the the water in the cup. You yeah. Know? Every, mm-hmm. Little touches like little that. touch. The the fact that he was so anal about having that in there that that was just something that he. He wanted to have in there, you know. It caused, mm-hmm. it, it probably caused one one special effects guy uh, ulcers <laughs> trying yeah. to figure out how to make that effect work. And when we get to like like facts and and trivia and stuff like that, we'll talk about that. That's just a. But brief it became a classic scene, you know. It, so. It's the iconic scene. Yeah, I mean, it's the iconic scene. Right. Everybody tried to do that sound. That uh, sorry that that affect themselves in a. You know who didn't pick up a cup and try to make it? Yeah. Sort yeah. of make that sort of. That weird little ripple. Yeah, almost. exactly. All we had to do was use a guitar little... string. That's the way to but do. We'll it. get to that. We'll get to that. Anyway, right. um, so I mean, let's get to someone we haven't talked about, Samuel Jackson. Oh yeah. Oh. Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. But I mean, he's with a... a cigarette butt in his mouth the whole yeah, movie. The whole... Chain smokes the whole yeah. movie. And that's one of the things Rob brought up in, pre- in you know pre-recording. It doesn't happen in films anymore, right? I mean. Yeah, not like you said, not, not with the good guys. Yeah, yeah. unless, unless yeah. you're a bad guy. A bad guy, yeah. you can see smoking, but a good guy, no, nah, they don't. Right. They don't sit there smoking all day. No, I mean, because smoking's bad. And I mean, him. We we barely even really get to know what his character is, but he's apparently brave enough to go by himself, knowing that there's Velociraptors loose, down to the down to the uh, maintenance shed and yeah. and reset the power. 
And then when you don't hear back from him, I mean, you, you know his fate. Uh, yeah. When you see his arm, you know. Yeah. And and this is where we first get to get to see the Raptors. And even then, the way we're really introduced to them is is very, you know, briefly. Like Muldoon goes out, and all we see is an eyeball when yeah. Muldoon's looking at it. It's just an eyeball. Right. And then it's when the other one jumps him. It's almost like shaky cam, like like uh, they purposely shook the camera so that even though you're seeing the full raptor jump on him, it's completely almost obscured. You're not yeah. really getting enough of it. You don't it's, see everything. Yeah, you don't see everything. It's like that first part in Jaws where we see where we see the shark from mm-hmm. under the you know from atop the water and stuff it's like terrifying, that. Terrifying, yeah. right? It's terrifying enough. And then Ellie goes down, and once she's into the sub basement, she's in there. That's when we first really we get to see, see them. It, yeah. yeah. And and they and they are terrifying. And then obviously Alan, Lex, and Tim get to the get to the visitor center now. Well, r- real quick, I always found it very creepy that the other raptor is watching Muldoon getting eat, eaten. Yeah, just kind of like leering at him with a snake, you know, crawling <laughs> creepily by. That whole thing was just always unsettling. What's his thing he with just snakes, likes to man? Watch. Yeah, yeah, he just likes to watch. <laughs> He's into that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something about that, you know. That yeah. raptor's nickname is Voyeur. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get to, uh, you know, we get to Alan, Lex, and Tim. They get right. to, they get to the visitor center. It's almost like a, a, a we get a brief moment of joy. We're like, we're back, we're safe. Eat, everyone's eating Jello. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Raptors come. We get that awesome, awesome scene that is in it is in the kitchen, yeah, uh, with with Lex and Tim. And that scene, uh, that is probably the most suspenseful mm-hmm. of of the film. And to this day, I can't figure out what makes that ladle fall. He does. He bumps into it, and then all of a sudden, the hook that it's hanging on just goes. Nah, I give up. Just, <laughs> just, just bad luck. Just false. Just bad just luck. Bad luck. Uh, and then obviously they trap the raptor in yeah. in into the into the mm. into the freezer. Which, by the way, we don't go back to it. That raptor's trapped in there forever for a cold-blooded creature. Stuns out. I just like that scene. The way they play with you, you know, where you see the reflection of the raptor, but you don't know it's a reflection. Right. Until yeah. Until the last instant where it hits the, you know. Oh, no, it's it's, it's it. a reflection of Lex, and we right. don't know it's oh, that's a reflection it, yeah. of her. That's what I and mean. And then it like, runs in, yeah. it dents the metal, and it's laying it kept on the ground. You, you know, on the edge of your seat. I, and I, I like the way the, the raptor reacts too. It's like, oh, it's like all dazed, yeah. and like it gets up and it shakes its head. It's like I'm back. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Like a dog almost. Yeah. 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 yeah it's just like yeah. I, I've watched my dog run into my glass door hundred times. You're sick, man. But almost like a cartoon dog you know it's like uh what is it tom and jerry or something like that where they get hit by the hammer and they're like oh. stars around the head yeah or like when uh foghorn leghorn used to come up and put the pot over top of the yeah. dog's head and ring the bell and then run away and the and the the, the line would get his rope would go just short enough and miss foghorn yeah. leghorn he would choke himself <laughs> yeah exactly like that exactly like these yeah. raptors are these, these cartoon characters <laughs> i mean pretty much i mean like we're, we're wrapping up the film here this is where you know, we're, we're, they're being hunted by the raptors now. Now, like, the big bad ones are are these raptors that have them trapped. They go through the ceiling. Finally, like, it ends. And we're to the point where, you know, it kind of seems like all of our main characters are, are done for. You know, uh, the raptors have them surrounded. They have nowhere to go. And the first time ever that you don't hear the T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. You don't hear that. Convenient. Right. You know, the T-Rex comes in. Yeah. Takes care of business and he kind of becomes a hero. Of yeah, the movie. turns out he's yeah. a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She, All along. She, 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 and Colin Trevorrow really wanted you to know that in Jurassic World, that is the same T Rex. Yes, that is that her. Quite clear. <laughs> that is her. She's the same T Rex. She's the hero then. She's the hero mm-hmm. now. Um, I have no clue where they're going with the second one. I'm actually staying as 
spoiler free on Jurassic World 2 as I possibly We're can. I'm going to follow that T Rex. Yeah, that's, that's all it's going to be. That's truly what the story's all about. <laughs> going on an adventure. Yeah. It becomes it becomes We're Back. We're Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that the, was Spielberg too, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it's Spielberg and Don Bluth. Yeah. Don Bluth uh, animation. Uh, um, and they go to the you know t- dinosaurs yeah. get woken two up in New York. Of dinosaurs right there. Yeah. <laughs> the the golfing kind and the eats goats kind yeah. yeah so obviously i mean we love this movie we all have really really fond memories of this movie really nothing bad to say about it to be no honest. no I and mean, that's the thing and no negative just take a moment and think about steven spielberg's career what is the last movie you could think of where you can say no complaints 1998 saving private ryan Mm, there's some things probably yeah. on there that people would critique but i think overall as far as no questions asked this is probably the movie right yeah um, even still to this day yeah i mean even, sure even though that we were i think the most recent one would be minority report as far as like a really good solid film but even that you, could, you know you could but even still there's yeah. there's some kind of flaws there yeah. uh, and then before that like we said Save from private ryan which was what 98 something like that either way it, it was you know, a long time ago. As far and as then, a cinematic experience, I mean, Jurassic Park is like, sure. You know. It's it's almost perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, it absolutely. I mean, that's that. That's what I take away from it. Yeah. This film is, it is perfect. Well, I mean, the the sequel isn't perfect. The Lost World's not perfect. I think I I think what what makes the Lost World just really. I mean, I'm not saying flawed. Like it's a bad film. I don't I don't want you to think like I actually enjoy the Lost World as well. Certainly not this though. It's there's too many people. Right, you, you lose that personal that 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 personal yeah. touch a little bit with so many people. I feel like if they had followed the book a lot more, it, it would have been much better. I agree with you. Right? Yeah, know. yeah. I mean, I actually like the Lost World book better than I like oh. Jurassic Park the book. Yeah, no, the book's great. Yeah, because I, I mean, the book the, the book that Michael Crichton wrote for Jurassic Park, I, I kind of found it like if if they were to make that, it would have been really hokey. Yeah, like it would have been a real hokey book. Like. John Hammond would have been a mustache twirling villain. The Raptors would have would have been there. There would have been more than one. Number one, there would have been dozens of them almost. And their nest was was inside a volcano where there was tons of eggs, and they had to destroy them. I mean, they really treated the Raptors in that book like they were xenomorphs in Aliens. I mean, that's the way they were treated in the book, and I thought that would have been way too hokey. Um, I I really enjoyed the blend of of like enough of what was from the book right yeah. into the film. That it was more believable. The bullshit science. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the second movie just went off the rails. It was. Just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I, something went wrong. Spielberg really wanted to. He really wanted. It was probably because sp- of the the money situation. I mean, you know, you had to. Well, that, you, you had such a huge big hit with Jurassic yeah. Park. I mean, you had to keep making them. Bringing the, the T Rex to, to you know the mainland and I mean, well, it became that, a Godzilla movie. That was him <laughs> scratching his itch. I yeah, mean, that was that, King Kong, yeah, was, yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, King I mean, Kong, he, yeah. he loved King Kong. He loved Godzilla. He right. loved things like that. He wanted to bring his movie monster to to the real world. It just didn't feel like Jurassic Park. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't. But he got to scratch that itch, and yeah. that's 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 something that 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 you know Spielberg has often talked about himself. One for me, one for them. You know, he he's always done that. He always likes to throw a little bit of what he wants in there too. Yeah. Um, and that's, I, I, I don't now Jurassic world, Jurassic, uh, lost world would have been, you know, at that, that's a one for them one, but he had to put something for himself in there. And I felt like in the past 10 years with, uh, with Spielberg, we've gotten a lot of for him. He's made a lot of for him. Lincoln, Bridge of Spies. Not as many popcorn movies, I guess. No. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, 
I'm I'm looking forward to like that type of resurgence from him though. I think he still has it in him. You think I'm, he'll come back with that something like that? Well, he well, Ready Player One. Ready Player One. That's uh, his big movie. That's yeah. that's in post production uh, yeah, right I'm now. Looking for, I'm looking forward to that. I'm so that's looking forward. An to that. Amazing book. I'm so. not gonna lie. When they announced that the Dark Tower was going to be was going to be made, that's Spielberg. I know it would have been too big budget if Spielberg did it. Like he's too expensive to get. That's who I wanted. I I like what a better marriage. You know. The the king, no pun intended, of of best selling novels and the king of box office, Steven yeah. Spielberg, well, the, coming together. The, Steven and Steven come together to bring you the, pseudo, the like, gunslinger, the pseudo father son relationship that Spielberg always does. You know, yeah. I mean, I thought it would have I thought it would have been perfect, yeah. but unfortunately, he was probably too expensive to to get. Yeah. He he might maybe maybe not something he would even and be this interested is Ready in making. Ready Player One, like his like love project too. It wasn't like something that was originally. He was doing for others. It, that's why it's taken so long to do. Is yeah. It, did I hear that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, he's really, he's, he's really talked about wanting to do it for a long, long time. It's also yeah. taken some time to get Ready Player One out because of the licensing problems oh, yeah. with it. Uh, the book has Transformers. The book has tons of yeah, Marvel, DC comics yeah, callbacks. Yeah. We have enough Transformers. Yeah. Not only not only Transformers and, and DC and Marvel, but you've got all the old games. You've got all the old like. Like everything from Dungeons and Dragons yeah. through, you this know. This sounds like a very expensive movie. <laughs> it's going to be. Oh, yeah. But it's a fantastic book. Oh, it's an amazing Fantastic book. book. So, I mean. Cool. We're going to take a brief break and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some interesting facts and trivia about it. And then we are going to announce what the category is for our next podcast. What the films are going to be that we'll be putting a poll up. So, stay tuned. Before we get into this segment, we're talking about like facts and trivia. I should just play like the Jeopardy music. Copyright infringement, right? Though we get sued, probably. As long as I use less than thirty seconds, we're safe. Yeah. So I mean, this film is filled with fun little facts and trivia, just like all classic films. Me and are. David just spouting shit oh <laughs> earlier. Yeah, when we're watching the film, Endlessly. we're both it's like uh, like I mean, we both we we both knew that it's uh it's it's dog, bear, elephant, penguin mm-hmm. that they used to come up with the with the T Rex, and then we. You know, we one of the things I that I remember is as a kid, Alan Grant wore that hat. Like he just wore that hat, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's like the fucking Indiana Jones, man." Come to find out later on that Harrison Ford was originally offered this role. I mean, he was offered the role of Alan Grant. He turned it down. Um, he felt that the role was too similar to Indiana Jones. He felt that being directed by Steven Spielberg again was just not not what he was interested in at the time. And actually, like I think about it, I think it might have taken away from the film a little bit to have Harrison Ford in that role, have such a big star. I mean, all these people that are in it aren't really that big of stars. I mean, at Sam, the time, yeah. At the time, I mean, Sam Neill's a name. Like you could yeah. say him, and people know who he is. But Laura Dern, like they were respected actors, but they weren't like exactly key names. I mean, mm-hmm. you can say Jeff Goldblum, and like 
people now who know who he is now more so now for things he's done now more so than then he was like, maybe the, but he's he was maybe the most recognizable he was i think so because he had done the fly, the fly and, and yeah i mean was the old earth guy. girls are easy uh, earth Richard, girls are easy <laughs> the old guy wasn't he sort of well known? john hammond yeah he's uh, been around he's been around yeah he's been around. yeah he's one of those like character actors yeah he was a director, uh, and, right? Yeah. And but Samuel Jackson wasn't that wasn't that well known at this time. I mean, he had done Do the Right Thing, and I think right after this, he did Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like Goodfellas was around the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Pulp Fiction was right that. after this, maybe. Yeah, ninety four was Pulp yeah. Fiction. Yeah. So, so it was, it was before he blew up. Right, yeah. it was before he blew up. But like I said, I mean, he was in he was in Do the Right Thing, and he was in a, a, like a couple other like smaller yeah. things in the late eighties and early nineties. I mean, but it was right after this that he started to blow up. And I mm. believe me, it has nothing to do with Jurassic Park that he blew up it had everything no. to do with being in pulp fiction right. that, that blew, and jackie brown and stuff yeah. like that so but i mean interest just just like a, a ton of like interesting facts like about uh you know me you and, know the jeff goldblum line must go faster he used that in the independence day he does well. use that in independence day that's yeah, right yeah i remember that and um <laughs> you know it was always a, a popular line and for some reason i thought he said it more than once in the jeep but it was just that first time when no he like, says it twice uh, must go faster must go faster and that's it I missed it it's not like C-3PO where he okay. has to say we're yeah. doomed in every <laughs> in every installation. Everyone. I love it. Man. We're doomed. Um, but, you know, me and Mark were talking about one of the fantastic things is the 70-30. Like the fact that 70% practical and 30% CGI. Now, most of that is because of the technology at the time, 100% CGI. Yeah. Right. You know, 30% is was, was probably the max that they mm-hmm. could probably produce for it. But it, it, it made for... For some interesting shots, it made for some some interesting things. Luca, made them be more creative, I would say, with, with yeah, with it, the effects. It definitely did, um, and that's one of the things that that's one of the things that like you always remember about <laughs> films is when they're forced to be creative. Right. Like you know, it's that's where the magic is mm-hmm. like really born. Where it's like it's so it's it's one of my big problems with films. Like <laughs> if you go and listen to like a lot of me and Jay's reviews, it's one of my big problems with films is like nothing wows me anymore because right. I know that yeah, it's not original. There's no iconic images or right. Yeah. I mean, it's just you just you, you just computer generated it, and it's pretty amazing that some artist came up with what that thing is supposed to look like. But it's less impressive to see it brought onto the screen because it's so easy to do anything. Like you. <laughs> You know, when you watch Aliens, there's so much respect when you when you see that dropship and when you see when you know when you see that uh, that personnel tank that that moves through. Mm-hmm. When you see that many xenomorphs like moving through, same thing with Predator. <coughs> same thing with like that's all right. Same thing with um, same thing with like the thing. John Carpenter's the thing. Like all this stuff, man. All these classics that like use these practical effects that did it out of necessity because nothing like this existed at the yeah. time. And I mean, this is really like the last film where like it. Yeah, it was it was like well, that. It's like you know the old saying, "Less is more." I mean, that's you know that applies to to film as well. You and know, and the, the old saying that you love, what's that? They don't make them like this. Anymore. Oh, you had to make me. <laughs> I gotta make you that. They guy. don't make them like they used to, Dave. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> and then you know we get into to to Stan Winston and his team. Like, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, Stan Winston's no longer with right. us. But Stan Winston and his team did all the special effects for this, did all the animatronics. And he made the Predator and yep. all kinds of iconic. He, he's the most iconic special yeah. effects guy around. Um, but one of the things that like really I, I really love, one of the stories about this is because the the T-Rex is made with, with silicone and, and, and polystyrofoam skin and stuff like that, that's seen in the rain, yeah. the, the animatronics were not designed to be wet because it, that the skin would soak up all the water. It adds hundreds of pounds to the frame of that thing, and it got the shakes. Yeah, it got shivering. <laughs> cool. It developed Michael J. Fox. I mean Parkinson's. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. 
terrible guy. I'm a terrible guy. And so that's one of my favorite behind the scenes things is every time the water would shut off, yeah. they <laughs> you would see crew members coming out with white towels beating the shit out of the T-Rex to dry it off. And they would get about five minutes of filming before it would just start getting yeah. park- Parkinson's again. And Mark, you know how they made the, the water. The water tremor. A, yeah, I mean, it's the it's it's the iconic thing. Right? Yeah. That's the iconic effect. And you the wouldn't believe trembling. how hard it actually was to do. Yeah, so they, they basically discovered that if they put a was it a bass guitar string you said yeah okay. it was it, it was it was definitely i think it was like the d chord it was like the heaviest right. chord for for they a basically put that underneath where the glass was and you know plucked it someone some guy was under there plucking with his finger and that's what caused the the ripples the ripple effect there so which yeah. i love because it was something that like steven spielberg was so adamant about like he wanted that shot well, he just knew i mean he wanted he it. knew it was iconic uh, and he, well i mean i do believe at this time he was that type of director i mean he knew he wanted it mm. and the the way the sound the you know the sound editor the sound designer figured it out was i believe he was there there's like two different stories one is he was at home playing with his guitar and he found out when he struck that chord that it made a, a glass of water ripple the other one is that he's driving in his car and there was heavy bass and he saw water rippling in his car. Two different stories. Either way, it's like that stroke of genius that like, yeah. I know how to do it now. Right. But the fact they had to drill through a car and yeah. attach a, a string to the, to the, to the inside mm-hmm. of the dash, run it down, attach it to the ground. And this poor fucker pretty much laid underneath the car in the rain and went boom, <laughs> boom. That's probably not the worst position in filmmaking, though, that's yeah, true. That is I mean, very true. I'm, I'm, that that sounds actually pretty cushy. <laughs> Jay, as a child, was a Andy. fluffer, so as we found oh, out man. earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Call back again. Uh, so, so I mean, but speak- today that would be CGI. The water. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the 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 water would be CGI. The 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 uh, even the rain would have been CGI. Yeah. Shit, most of the jeep would have been CGI. Everything would have been CGI. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even the goggles Tim was wearing would be CGI. <laughs> you know why? Because they don't make them like they used yeah. to, Dave. Uh, is it heavy? <laughs> and it's expensive. Exactly. That Put is, it a, down. That is a great line. That, and I said that that's a mom, mom line. line. Yeah. <laughs> is it heavy? That's expensive. Put it down. Um uh, yeah, I mean that's just I mean it's, but it is true, Mark. I mean, this is one of those cases where I will agree with you. They don't make them like this anymore because yeah. they just don't just the time that was put into it. There's know. no need there's no need to make them like this yeah. anymore. I, I I wish Y2K happened because we would still have cameras, but we wouldn't have Start computers. Over. We wouldn't have computers for yeah. CGI. We would get creative as fuck with our shit, <laughs> You'd man. Be very, very creative, yes. <laughs> so so Jay, you have the next category. So why don't you go ahead and give your next category for the next time we get together for in a month? We're gonna do nineties science fiction. All right. Well So I decided to do nineties because it's a little bit under the radar, there's a lot of good classics out there in the 80s, and I think 90s, you know, kind of gets looked over a little bit, and there's some interesting properties out there. So we have all of our picks. Yeah. I think we finally. It's your category. Decided. Why don't you go um, ahead with your with your first? Pick? I'm going to start off with a you know a solid classic. It's it's obviously I think late 90s. I think 98 or 99. The Matrix. That's 99. 99. Okay. Just barely in there. Yeah. Just barely in there. Right on the verge. Rob, wow. what's yours? I'm going for something that I, I really enjoyed as a child, and I, I said it on my own podcast. Uh, uh, it has Neil Patrick Harris, and he's my man crush. I'm going with. Uh, well, Star you have Trek a chance. Troopers. You have a chance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <You do. laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I I love Starship Troopers. It yeah. might be one of the reasons that I'm still in the game in Justin's uh, fantasy movie draft for '90s action films. It was my fifth round pick. It lasted that long, and I was so happy that it was still there. 
Um, so I, I'm rooting for yours more so than I am mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's just so much to talk about. There, there really is. Uh, the and the book too. Have you ever read the book? I have not read the book. I have. Uh, if you, oh, I'm going to pick that up now. You have a month. Read yeah, the book. I, I'm not going to lie. It's nothing like the film. It's it's very <clears throat> it's a very strange 50s sci-fi novel. Yes. Yeah. Um, very strange. It's 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 very it's almost like Nazi propaganda, but. You Sat- kind of see satire? that. The, I mean, not to talk too much now, but you kind yeah. of do see that a little bit in the movie. Yeah, as well. in the movie, it's more of like a satire. Kind yeah, of yeah, and and but at the time, it was almost like a satire for for Nazi propaganda mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. It was a lot like that. So it's it's really really interesting. And if you watch Star Wars Clone Wars, there's some parallels between Starship Troopers and that, which is weird. Mark, what's yours? Well, in, in keeping with what I think to be like perfect, you know, popcorn movies, I'm gonna have to go with T2, and also just. Once again, melding the you know the emerging CGI special effects, you know, along with animatronic. I think that's another good example of that. So yeah, T two. Yep. Terminator two for you, for the layman out there. Yeah, T two. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I just spent an entire weekend watching all Terminator films. So you're ready. Uh, I I'm I'm sad that I did. I'm so sad because <laughs> T three is because you should awful. just watch two of them and then that's it. Uh, Terminator Salvation. I put up a poll and, and, uh, that I put out there for people to answer. It you know it was very close to between I didn't like it and it, it's passable. I don't, I don't even remember that. I mean it it thirty five percent was I I actually like it and thirty two percent was like why did they make it? Yeah no it's like <laughs> it's very forgettable. It's like though. it's yeah. like I dislike That's how I feel it. About yeah it's not great and and T two is is great. Yeah, yeah. like I, if if I were to say like you know uh, Terminator is really really good. But T two was fucking yeah. great. Took you know? it to the next level. Yeah, uh, I'm going like a different route. Uh, okay. I'm Mayan's not great. Mayan is possibly memorable to some people, but it stars one of my favorite action heroes, Sly Stallone, and another awesome guy that is filled with charisma and a great action hero back in the '90s as well, Wesley Snipes. Talk about demolition, Blade man. Himself, <laughs> yeah, Blade himself. <laughs> I'll talk about Wesley Snipes, man. Uh, that you know, Demolition Man to me, that was one of those films that, like, when I was a kid, I just watched it over yes. and over and over. And we had HBO at the time; yes. HBO was running it. I you just felt like it. an adult. You felt dirty watching <laughs> that one. <laughs> and I, I always mention, I love the scene where he walks up to the thing and he needs toilet paper because he doesn't know how to use <laughs> yes. the free seashells, yep. and he just starts fuck shit hell damn ass. <laughs> you I, just have... lo- I just love how it's never explained. Either. Yeah, yeah. It just oh, talks yeah. about three seashells. But look you know it up online. Use your imagination. Yeah. Someone figured it out. <laughs> I'm sure, of course, because it's the internet. No, that's gonna break it for me if i do that <laughs> that's right but i keep the illusion yeah there. exactly I, I don't want to know how three <laughs> that work. Your, that's the whole point so that's going to do it for movie cocktail podcast tonight i have been your host super movie brother dave i'm your host super movie brother jay i say your host robert from the fan film boys and non-super mark <laughs> i'm not super <laughs> movie cocktail mark. Be. movie cocktail mark yes. cocktail lounge mark that's me <laughs> creepy cocktail lounge mark. <laughs> from so, the park so rob rob you do a podcast why don't you drop a line for that uh yeah my podcast is the fan film boys podcast where we uh discuss and review fan films uh we talk everything from things like we've uh reviewed uh the Punisher Dirty Laundry, all the way to our most recent fan film, which was actually on a Halo fan film called The Fallen. So you can find us on our website at www.fanfilmboys.com. We're on iTunes. Check us out. All right, perfect. And me and Jay do a weekly podcast. Actually, twice weekly. We have a mini-sode that we do every week and then a full episode that gets released on Saturdays. Uh, and that is the Super Movie Brothers podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Super Movie Pod. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, 
Uh, I think we even post to YouTube. Fuck, you can find us anywhere that you can find podcasts. And then you can also check out our network at Movie Pod Squad on Twitter. Go to the website, www.moviepodsquad.com. There you can find all of our new episodes as they get posted. You can also find some of our written reviews, some YouTube videos from other hosts from the other great shows that are part of the Movie Pod Squad network. Jay wrote a review for It Comes at Night. This comes out in July, so this is actually old news. But if you haven't seen It Comes at Night, you want to read a review, go to moviepodsquad.com. Go to the grab bag. You can check out Jay's review there. Had a great time talking about Jurassic Park with everybody. Want everyone to have a great night. If you enjoy this show, please go on to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. It's how our show grows. It's how our show gets found. Do the same for Rob's show, The Fan Film Boys. Go check that show out. Leave them a five-star review. Help these podcasts grow. Uh, it's it's what, it's the reason that we do this. Not 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 to grow, but to to know that people are enjoying us. You know, enjoying listening to us. Enjoying the time that we're spending. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Must go faster. Ha, ha, ha.